Welcome to People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose is a podcast of inspiring people whose stories help you see things differently, live with intentionality, elevate the way you participate in the world, and take the necessary leaps in your life to seek and find your passions. Come with us and develop the courage to wholeheartedly pursue your purpose and unleash your truest potential. Hi, welcome back to People of Purpose. I'm your host, Tanner Badgley, and this week, we will be wrapping up our conversation on encompassing passion for leadership and culture through clear vision and empowering your team. If you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode, I highly encourage checking that out. Some of the things we covered are how Nathan knows himself and defines his purpose. Nathan also shares his journey of transitioning to his purpose. He talks about the principles and pillars of a good question and how to generate them on your own. He defines his purpose in his own words. And to cap off the interview, he shares things about his business and how it evolved into something purposeful for his family. And in this episode, we will be covering the top indicators of success that he tracks for himself, how and why he got into mixed martial arts, what his learning process is, and lastly, his legacy and vision. Well, let's dive in. Here's to becoming people of purpose. What are those top indicators of success that you track for yourself? Oh man, there's a lot. Um, you know, go back to that business, personal and professional, or I'm sorry, business, personal and, and family. Um, so, you know, for instance, uh, personal would be like, how did I eat today? <laughs> did I drink enough? <laughs> did I drink enough water? I track it, you know, I track it every day. Um, did I get my my push-ups and sit-ups and uh, all that stuff. Did I do my meditation? Like, did I start my day right? Um, was I uh, present with my kids? Mm-hmm. Right? Did I do a good job? Uh, was I present with my wife? Did we put our stupid cell phones down and enjoy dinner and a glass of wine and make dinner together? Um, you know, in business, it's a little different. I think. Uh, it's both you have the people component and you have to recognize that this is not a game. It's for real. We're in the game uh, of business. And there's another book, great game of business written is an awesome book. Um, and it is something that, you know, we track of course, financially, how are we doing people? How are we doing? Um, and, you know, so there's so many things and I could get into so much detail, whether it's in our construction department or acquisitions department. And, mm-hmm. you know, we have every data point to, to follow through in, in the business side mm-hmm. of things. And actually one of my great searches and great questions, great thoughts right now is, is around that, right? And, and how much data is, is the right amount of data and what, which points and what tells you. So success right now for me is, is literally, did I ask the right questions today and did I operate? in the, all the things we've talked about, you know, uh, at my best. And if not, did I, am I, am I, what did I learn and how do I not do that? I love that. Yeah. And I hope to learn over the course of the next several months or years together, if we can continue a relationship, I want to learn more about those things to track in a business and so forth. But yeah, the ethos of my question was around you personally. What, mm-hmm. what do you see as those high, highly important lever points that you need to be uh, touching on and uh, yeah you're talking about your health you're talking about your present momentness with your family starting things off right 
bringing then, in enough financial. It's good. Sorry to, sorry to interrupt you. Um, and also say, you know, from the vision, personal vision. So this year I set off to save this much or pay this much down in debt or in our business, we were going to acquire this many properties. We were going to produce this, you know, getting back, you know, it's so easy to get stuck in the weeds on the day to day of what's happening and what are we doing? And as the visionary of my company, I'm responsible to be thinking and setting vision in the future. So if you're so busy in the weeds and thinking about, what's going on the today you're not taking to the time on what the how or the who or um the why what is 2021 what is 2022 what is five years what does it look like to replace me what does it look like to have uh, an organization that's twice as big what does it look like to be in 10 markets versus one or two or three uh do i want to do that and, and is that good for us as a company what is the right size and um so you know, there's so many things that are one question that leads you down a different road. Mm. And, uh, and so we, we got to ask, the, we got to be so dialed in on our questions and then um, so clear on our vision and execution. Do you like to ask these questions with yourself or do you like to have some trusted thought partners to ask us with? Who do you ask these questions to? What yeah. sorts of questions do you ask the different people? What does your journaling practice look like? Take this however you would like. It's like five questions, bro. Uh, <laughs> so um, I love I love thinking about it. Um, I think about this constantly. I'm constantly listening to podcasts, constantly um, reading books. Um, I am on and off of my journal practice. I probably go like six to nine months on and a couple months off. I'm kind of in the off right now, not mm -hmm. consistent. It's in my bag, uh, but um, let's see. Honest truth, not not uh, struggling a little bit in that. Uh, but you know, I have years of journaling now, probably four, five, six years of journaling. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I'm at my best, I'm I'm up. I'm not an early riser by any means. I'm not like the four thirty five o'clock Jocko guy. I'm you know six thirty seven. I'm up. Do a little reading. Uh, little meditation, a uh, little workout. Think about my day. I got some things I sit on. Um, I have a four by eight whiteboard in my office. I ponder, think about. So one half of the side is for working. That's in the weeds. And one half the side's for thinking, vision, bigger picture. Wow. And um, so, you know, I am constantly jamming on this stuff whether it's with our, my business partner, whether it's our COO, whether it's our marketing director, our acquisitions manager, and uh, my wife uh, harassing her with questions. My buddies over, you know, <laughs> bourbon and cigars. I, I, I love questions and I love people who are open to thinking uh, and want to and are, are passionate about not just themselves and, and uh, we've all been stuck in those conversations where people just constantly talk about themselves over and over and ad nauseum. And um, you know, it's both a self-esteem problem and it's also a communication problem. And, mm -hmm. and so, you know, I, I desire to learn constantly because it's just going to make me better. It's going to make my team better. And, uh, you know, where can I continually remove myself out of the middle of that who, not how question and who on our team can we help 
that does a better job than me where then I can, I can, you know, set more vision or spend more time with my family or whatever it might be. And, um, and, and have the purposefulness of, of asking great questions, listening and having people that surround you that provide honest and, and, um, incredible feedback and responses. I absolutely love that. Thank you for that intelligent wisdom. I want to add that whiteboard to my, yeah, my room. I think that's important. And I like how you split it in half. Um, switching gears totally. Um, you do MMA. Uh, this, this makes you unique. There's not many people that are transitioned from street musician to real estate investor to MMA fighter. What's it like to get into a fist fight in a cage in front of a few thousand people? Why do you do that? Oh man, you know, uh, it's one of those things of facing your fear. And, um, a couple of years ago I was, so I, I, I'd never been really in a fight in my life, um, through elementary school, middle school, high school, I was on and off bullied on and off and, and had uncomfortable experiences, but didn't kind of solve the problem. And so as a grown man, you have kids, you, you have a wife, um, or, you know, as a person, you have people you feel responsible for, whoever that might be. And, um, man, I just, I felt kind of like a, a liar, you know, that I, I felt like I was compelled to be somebody who's protective of my family, but I didn't, I didn't really know or understand what that meant. And, um, so I kept hearing about jujitsu on a couple of podcasts, Tim Ferriss podcast, Joe Rogan, Jocko, mm-hmm. Joshua Waitskin. Um, and so I started, you know, went for a couple of jujitsu classes and, and met uh, my coach who um, was this chiseled, chiseled dude. And, uh, you know, people who understand and know jujitsu, uh, it's like, it's like this weird, like ninja magical thing that people can just like do stuff to you and you have no idea uh, how they do it. And, uh, man, I was hooked. And so I started training with him one-on-one as well as coming to class. And then I started going to kickboxing class and, and eventually I was like, man, I can't put all this work in, uh, training and not just do it. And, uh, so, you know, training's hard and, uh, you know, it takes a while, six to 12 months if you're doing jujitsu or whatever, just to like start really getting, getting what you're doing and, and how it works. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, and I'm not by any means really good either, to be clear. I, I go to an amazing gym, uh, in Lee Summit, Glory MMA. I have a bunch of MMA fighters that are in the UFC and top level pros, top level amateurs, this best gym in the, in the Midwest. And, you know, I, I'm definitely in the bottom rung, but, uh, you know, I'll take a, take a fight at, you know, 38, 39 years old and, and just do it and um, go through the process and sometimes agony, sometimes wonder, sometimes uh, pain through training for, for um, a fight. And, uh, you know, I've played music in front of eight or 10,000 people and I've, you know, race cars and, uh, you know, hunting or whatever it is that you can think of that gives you a blood pressure spike or adrenaline spike in there is I've jumped out of an airplane. Um, <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing in the world that I have personally experienced that comes even remotely close to the adrenaline and uh, body, out of body experience of getting in uh, in a ring and and um, 
so yeah it's a hell of experience <laughs> and uh and you know i i am better i'm a better person for it and uh it's something i talked about a lot and eventually i'll write a book um something around a comfortable bucket and it's that's that's a martial arts thing is like how uncomfortable are you willing that uncomfortable bucket to 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 just get in there and and crawl down and sit in the discomfort whether it's somebody around your neck or getting punched in the face or um you're sweating or you you're so tired and you you are trying to just get a breath and you feel like you're getting smothered uh and there's so many moments like that where um, how willing are you to do that? And then can you apply that same experience in your business life where something sucks that bad or, or something personal in your personal life that's hard? And, uh, and so, man, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a tremendous, uh, incredible experience. Yeah, I can imagine. I love that. Well, that would be cool to to see a fight there at some point. Like I, I live in independence, so we go to Lee Summit quite often. I play Ultimate Frisbee as my athletic drug of choice. Um, <laughs> nice. I've been hesitant to get into the fighting stuff because I've had a couple of bad traumatic brain injuries. And I've been healing from those, and I feel fully healed at this point. They've been several years ago, so I may have to start doing jujitsu. Those same guys influenced me, by the way. Tim mm-hmm. Ferriss, Jocko Willing, Josh Waitskin. His book, Art of Learning, Josh Waitskin. Awesome. Absolutely incredible. And he breaks down these fighting principles into a, a learning science of sorts. It's so meditative yep. and raw and beautiful. Yeah. Genius. Um, so I'll have to try that. But right now I play Ultimate Frisbee and Lee Summit and it's fantastic. And I get to go with my business partners, my brother, my wife, and we have a group of people now that's gets to do that. So that's been fun. Um, I love it. And it, but, that's the thing. You can pick whatever you want. Um, you know, I think the, the challenge to, to me is, you know, in the martial arts, not only is it the physical shape, but it's the mental, um, mm-hmm. capacity, you know, and, and just anything that challenges you as a person, like I just was telling you before we started, you know, I just started doing, oh, I'm wearing, I'm wearing the hat, uh, uh, archery and, uh, and hunting with a bow and it's hard, you know, uh, it's hard and, and put in practice and, and, uh, just like anything, I, I, I'm so competitive and I want to do a great job and I want to um, you know, be super successful at it, but I get obsessed and, and it's fun to go down the rabbit hole and uh, you know, go, go, you know, draw your bow. I've been, I've been saying, you know, I've missed one day, but I 50 to hundred arrows a day. Like how fast can I get to a thousand? Oh, wow. And, that's uh, cool. Yeah. So just like make it a game and, and, and how can I get better and, and how did it go today? And, and, then um, so yeah, I, I enjoy it. What's your learning process look like? Well, um, I will obsess first. So I will think about something I thought about, um, sometimes I'll just like immediately pull the trigger. Um, but like in the jujitsu case, I bought some books and watched some couple of videos. And then I just was like, screw it. Let's do it. Richard Branson. Right. I just went to the gym and, and started, you know, jump in. What does it look like? Um, and then I have to have the gear too. I like gear. <laughs> so I went and bought the bow and I bought all the crap. And then five days later, my kids are like, well, that's pretty cool. And went back, bought a bow for them, uh, you know, and, uh, arrows and stuff because I, I, I'm all in. So if I'm doing it, I, I'm not going to buy like the cheap thing. I want a good bow. I want a good, you know, it was mats and MMA or gi or whatever you're wearing. 
uh, guitars. I have, I want good guitars. I want to play something that's nice and I want to enjoy it. And so I'm not going to be halfway in. I'm either all in or I'm not in. And I, and so my learning process is, uh, jump all the way in the deep end and, um, and just get after it. That's, that's my preferred method. And you're cool with being one of the worser ones for quite a period of time, or do you typically excel to being in that upper rung of people after a while? Man, it just depends. Uh, you know, in the MMA world, man, there's you, you know, I, I was, I was getting to train regularly with, with, uh, professional fighters. And there were some things I was doing that was, you know, successful, but certainly, you know, no way even close to competitive in, in that way. You know, in the music world, uh, I think I was a better band leader than player. And, you know, songwriting's tough, uh, but I enjoyed doing it. And, and I still obsessed and, and take that same practice and same obsession at, at that problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the business world, you know, what was cool in the real estate world is specifically is I could take a lot of those lessons that I learned in, in literally MySpace or what is, was the marketing like uh, into Facebook and into what the pictures look like and what is the story we're telling. And this is all that culture and vision stuff we talked about at the beginning that kind of, but I got to learn in all those months and years I worked at Best Buy wearing the Best Buy blues and selling appliances to unsuspecting people where I was getting trained like an animal, a beast every, you know, once a month, Saturday, they'd have those Saturday training meetings, which I hated and I didn't like. And all of a sudden you get to learn that, Oh, guess what? They're turning you into a sales animal, Nathan, but you just don't know it because all it is is you're up earlier than what you had to. And you get paid another, what, 10 bucks or whatever it is to (laughs) sit there and, and, um, you know, uh, do, do, um, you know, one-on-one uh, role-playing about buying a stupid dishwasher. That sounds terrible. <laughs> but all of that to say is that now all of a sudden I get to use all those tools as a musician in the listening and what does the podcast look like and what's the setting of my, you know, lighting and what what is the visual of my company and how do we tell the story and all that stuff. And it's like this, this beautiful, uh, uh, you know, transcendence of or renaissance right that's rebirth of who you are who you are now what are you learning how does it apply oh gosh it applies over here too oh gosh we just got better oh gosh we just got a better principle of how we can uh, practice something now you can go back and apply it to music or apply it to martial arts or apply it to Mm -hmm. business or apply it to my kids and oh gosh now i have this meditation practice calm down relax how do we communicate that, you know, this is beautiful. We, we get to actually have those moments and, and try to be a little bit more conscious, aware and better as a human. And then it, and then it just influences all those other things. Yeah. hundred percent. And then what you're doing is you're getting to be a sales animal, but you're going the next step and you're saying, who can replace me and how can I get them ready to, to have what's in my head in theirs? Is that, is that accurate? If not better. Yeah. So that, and, and so literally in, in April, I sold the most houses personally uh, of anyone in our company and sold 19. And then in the month of May, I sold the most any again because um, I jumped in. Uh, we had a transition of an employee uh, that person left, COVID hits, 
I'm thinking this thing is tanked. We are, we are going to be sucking for a while and we're just hoping to get out of here. It sold 20 something houses in, in, in May, most ever again. And then, you know what? Our sales guy just beat my record. He sold more than that in a month, like 25 or 26, 27 houses. He sold in one month. And, uh, you know, I called him up and I was like, Hey man, I really, I really hate you. And I, I left a little silence and then I was like, you know, I'm kidding, right? You smashed it. You know, is it, and it's like, it's like what a joy to have somebody that's so pumped about real estate and so pumped about doing what he's doing that he literally just smashed a record that I'd put on the board. That was a, it was a monster number. So, uh, that the, seeing other people successful makes me as much or more joyful than, than me, you know, mm-hmm. doing it myself, because it means that you were able to multiply, there's a multiplying effect of that when someone else is doing it. Right. So when you, when you have to work in your business, is, are you, the, is that your role is coming and doing that disposition side sales of your properties? Um, you know, I, I Earlier on, like two or three years ago, I was I was kind of involved in that. Uh, it was really it was really kind of one of those, um, gosh, what are we gonna do? Just hoping that the COVID situation. Um, you know, we had six contracts go out of contract in in about the same as many as many days, and so I just said, hey, uh, right now I'm the best guy in sales that we have in our business, and I'm gonna sit in that seat. But um, as soon as we could practically solve that. Uh, I was back out because it's not, my gift is not to sit in that seat. My gift is to make sure that we are asking the best questions and putting the right people who are also asking the best questions to do the job. And so, you know, and I told my partner, 2021, uh, if we are not asking the question that is on the business and we're stuck in the business, then we need to be asking who uh, are we not talking about of helping empower them to solve that problem. So we are directly right at back out um, and on the business. And so that's my 2021 session, man. And, uh, that, that's what I'm thinking about. And again, it's, that is a gift to our team and it's a gift to what we're the problem we're solving as a company. Cause the more time I can spend on the business, the better as a business we're going to be. Yeah. hundred percent. So I'm assuming your partner is the integrator in your business. You know, he has been, and he is an integrator, type of personality, although we have hired a COO who is not fully in that, in that role yet, but um, we're in the midst of, you know, 2021, I believe we'll have a departmental manager who's responsible in each department and reporting to our COO for every department by the end of the year. And so it'll be the first time in the history of our company that we literally had a department and a manager who understood uh, the get it, want it, and capacity to do it. And then a COO who is actually in that integrator role where my business partner and I, who also have that integrator visionary relationship can then jam on new ideas, have special projects, and then bring that to our COO and our team to integrate it as we have other ideas. So that's beautiful. Like best and best and best of both worlds. Congratulations. So you're saying you and your partner get to work on the business now nearly full time. Um, me more than him. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think that's probably not, a, we are very close. We're very close mm-hmm. in, in every day, every conversation, every question is all about that. What's the backstory to how you guys 
committed to each other in this way, you and your business partner. Oh man. It's like training. It's like martial arts. Um, you know, uh, relationships, just like any relationship, it's really easy to be in relationship when things are good. The wine's good. The food's good. Music's great. The weather's nice. You know, you're dancing, you're doing your thing. How about when it sucks, when something goes wrong, when a deal goes sour, when you lose some money, when you have a big problem in your business or you have a, uh, some issue. And so, you know, it's back to that uncomfortable bucket. We have forged an incredible relationship on time and experience, which are the two things you cannot buy. And we have forged it over time and over conversations that were wonderful and ideas that were wonderful and time together of cocktails and, and being a mastermind or awful calls that were nasty problems and, um, or awful conversations over somebody who's in our staff or a client that we're working with or a lawsuit, you know, that is the forging of a relationship that it can only be forged by that time and experience. And so, you know, and we got lucky. We just got lucky. Very cool. Very cool. How about your wife and your family? How did this, uh, how did this come into the equation? Uh, were you living aligned to your purpose when you met your wife and, and, and was the vision to start a family or was that kind of after you figured out your business and your, and yourself first? I, I had always wanted to be a dad. I was fired up about kids. Um, I met my wife going to meet a different girl and, uh, <laughs> really? Yep. Yep. And, uh, and so literally met that person. I don't remember her name. Uh, I was like, Nope, not doing that. And, um, so my wife happened to be like the nearest good looking blonde. And I was like, all right, well, this will work. And, um, so I left the bar, uh, we had a fun, fun evening and meeting friends and hanging out and chemistry. And I literally forget her name. I don't get her telephone number. And I just, it's a total failure uh, on my part. And uh, <laughs> so I had a song, I had a show the following week. So I was, I was a professional musician at the time. And um, so I had a show the following week. They were playing my song on 96.5 The Buzz. And it was the Buzz Homegrown show. Um, and uh so they played my song on the radio. She was working full time at that time as a teacher. So Sunday night, she comes out to the show and, uh, you know, I've very unsuccessfully, uh, you know, without putting my foot in my mouth, getting her name and her telephone number. And, and, uh, man, it was, it was, uh, it was game on. We, we just had uh, chemistry and interest in each other. And, and so, um, yeah, we were fired up about, about being together and travel and, and having fun and uh, living a great life and a passion for philanthropy as well, which is something that we're, we're focused on in the, into the future and, um, and then having kids. So we have a beautiful nine year old boy and a six year old girl. And, uh, so life is good, man. I love it. I love it. Well, let's finish off this interview with talking about some of that legacy and vision stuff that I asked you about that you just mentioned. Um, you said that your legacy you wanted was to have an amazing business, build an amazing business, having my family set up both personally as people and financially, and having a successful nonprofit that gives away over 1 million annually for arts and education. 
dot, 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 and does so for generations. Yep. Is there, what, what would you like to highlight about this as we kind of wrap up this conversation? Is there something here that stands out that you want to share that would help the audience kind of get a better sense of their legacy and their vision? You know, I think, you know, first with the kids, you know, a lot of people think about making, making a bunch of money and there's certainly nothing wrong with it, but you know, how do we make sure that our kids are successful as humans first? And, um, you know, and I, I think about this all the time where I make sure, you know, I don't have that, you know, ridiculous wealth, but I think at some point, you know, I do believe that I will, I will be, you know, I'll be a very wealthy person and, and, um, in financially and, and I don't believe we're successful if we only have the the financial wealth. And, and I've known many of these, you know, trust fund kids, so to speak that, um, you know, are either great in spite or despite, you know, of their, of their, um, or they are, you know, some of them are not great at all. And, um, and they, <laughs> they didn't, they didn't have that, that love and care and, and, um, and uh, compassion in, in, in uh, education as a, as a person and what it means to be a person and uh, to be a good person, a great person. And so, mm-hmm. you know, again, I'm not, I'm not perfect uh, as a parent. I'm not perfect as a human. I'm not perfect as a business owner, but man, I, I really am focused on our kids, you know, again, asking great questions, being interested, uh, loving people, uh, being human uh, with acting with humility. And so, you know, if you can, if you can synthesize both being a, a well-rounded great human being who is interested in constantly learning and getting better and that you have a financial wherewithal education and um, capacity, then you, you, you really have forged something that is uh, powerful both with ideas, opportunity, and, and the ability to do it. I love it. I love it. And what's the, what's the deal with wanting to give a million dollars to arts and education? Why, why are those the avenues you want to give your money to? You know, I, I think that, you know, a lot of times arts, uh, like specifically in the music or, or, you know, uh, painting or literature or whatever it might be. But, you know, I'm specifically thinking about, you know, like the, the art class, the music class uh, teacher, you know, whether you have availability of an instrument or availability of an awesome teacher, <clears throat> those things are so critical and it's such a cool way to learn much like being on a sports team because you both have to practice in your individual position, but then you also have to be operating in that band or in that orchestra um, Mm -hmm. as a player and on a team. And so, you know, you get to learn a lifelong lesson, something you can do uh, until you're, you know, uh, of old age Uh, and there's joy and and expression and feeling in, um, in music. And so to give that as a gift where so many programs and schools, you know, it's like less and less into that, um, and then, you know, education, man, I mean, it's just critical. And, and I think our system sucks and I'm frustrated with it. And I, I want to find ways that we can, we have teachers who want to teach, but we have a system that doesn't, is not in alignment with helping people grow as people. 
And, mm-hmm. and, um, so, you know, my, my wife, we homeschool our kids and she taught elementary school for 15 years, three undergrads and a you know, master's of technology and education. And it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, we have such a desire and a, such a, a, a culture as in the United States of being you know, able to come up with these ideas, but we, we have fundamental, uh, flaws in our approach to that education. And so, you know, how could we create schools or trade schools or opportunities for people who want to do better, but simply need help. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, those with, uh, responsibility have great responsibility and th- those are resources. We have great responsibility. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, why not put a big fat number? That's, that's a great goal a million dollars, um, and, and, and do it in a way that, that, um, you know, your mm-hmm. family for generations can make an impact because, you know, they're not going to remember me. Um, but that, that money, that resource, that vision, that culture, that, um, opportunity to do something that actually lasts and people can generate, uh, an interest, uh, is a profoundly different thing that can absolutely carry on. So. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree with you. To me, that's also a center center point to my calling. I just got a master's in education out in San Francisco in 2018, and then I moved back to Thailand and got married to my wife there. And we just moved back here. And that process just it forced me into full time entrepreneurship. It felt like I didn't need a location independent job anymore. Um, but I really want to kind of combine this purpose, education, and real estate in a way that brings people together in more of community that reframes the way we think about education. I agree with you. We need a whole paradigm shift. We need a value shift in what we're teaching people, how we're assessing them, how we're integrating them into the real world. People need financial skills. They need like self-empowerment skills. They need uh, reflective thinking. They need to take a class on the power of questions, things of this nature. I, I want to, I want that to be an impact in my legacy as well. So it's really cool to see we align on that. Absolutely. I love it. Well, my last question for you, as we sign off, um, if you had kind of a few shots of your favorite beverage, it sounds like maybe a bourbon <laughs> and you had an audience that was like at the edge of their seat that had just traveled, you know, let's say they traveled 24 hours to come see you. They know your whole story. They know what you're about. They listen to this interview, all your bigger pockets interviews. Um, and they, and they were there to learn from you. Um, in particular learning about, um, how to kind of capture their sense of purpose more and more. What question would you pose to them as you ended your speech? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How'd you, how'd you help somebody? And, and it's like that whole go-giver mentality where the more that you are willing to go help someone else, the more I truly believe it comes back, uh, whether it's in a religious belief or in a, and, and just literally, you know, there's a selflessness in, in the way that you can operate. And, um, where did you help somebody today? And, and what the willingness to and not be about yourself because at the end of the day, there's, you know, all these people and then all of this, this huge, you know, us as individuals, no matter how important we feel, uh, we're just one little tiny being on this, on this giant, you know, earth and this massive solar system of other, you know, potential solar systems or whatever. And, and, and the recognition of how, how small 
and and insignificant the time is, but how simple and significant you can make someone else feel just by just by sharing some love, just by helping, just by giving, and um, and and making it. You know that is what is is more important, I believe, than anything that we can do about ourselves. Thank you so much for sharing that. I needed to hear that right now. I appreciate you, Nathan. I appreciate the wisdom you brought on today's podcast, the demeanor you carry. You have a a humble nature to you. You're pensive and you're thoughtful. You're eloquent, um, but you're also simple. And I think that there's a certain level of uh, relatability all of us could feel as we listen to how you share about how life could be lived. Um, it's not this insane thing where we got to go be a billionaire in a year or something. It's, it's just every day showing up in the way we need to show up in our life, asking ourselves the right questions. Um, I've learned a lot from you and I'm, I'm excited to see how our relationship grows over the time we, we may get together here living in the same city. Absolutely, brother. And I appreciate the opportunity and wonderful questions and uh, conversation. And uh, uh, again, appreciate the uh, opportunity to be on here with you. Cool, cool, cool. Well, thank you all for listening to our interview today with Nathan Brooks on People of Purpose. And here's to becoming People of Purpose. So what actionable step are you going to take next? Do you have a lingering question? Or is there something we can help you work through to figure out and reach your purpose? People of Purpose is here for you. Just send us an email or a message on Facebook. If you want continued inspiration, subscribe to the podcast and soak in the stories and words of our insightful guests. Do you have any friends that might enjoy this podcast? Bring them on board as a podcast subscriber. And if you want to actually see the guests behind the voices, as well as receive daily inspiration, follow the podcast and journey on Instagram at People of Purpose Podcast or at People of Purpose on Facebook to join our purpose-seeking community. By joining, you will know the minute each new episode is published, hear first about upcoming People of Purpose news, and receive regular tidbits of inspiration. I'm purposely perusing, pursuing, and pondering. It's simply a regular dose of goodness, intentionally filtered by me to nourish your path to purpose. Lastly, if you like this podcast, please post a review wherever you listen to it. Doing so will not only help us to grow, but will also allow your voice to be heard, and who knows who you could inspire. Cheers, and here's to becoming. Hey!